Sam Altman is heading to Microsoft to build an advanced new AI research team, along with the former president of OpenAI, Greg Brockman, and what it seems like is going to be many former OpenAI employees. We'll break it down right after this. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Welcome to Big Technology Podcast. We are apparently a daily show as long as this open AI drama is going on. Dan Permac is here. He is the business editor at Axios and the author of the Daily Axios Pro Rata newsletter. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be here, but good to be here. Right. Yeah, I feel like when when our listeners hear your voice, it means the shit is hitting the fan in Silicon Valley. And here we are again. Yeah, that's that, that's where we are. Absolutely. Let me start with this question. Um, we now know that Sam Altman is apparently going to Microsoft uh, with Greg Brockman and a bunch of other uh, OpenAI employees. Um, there's like 500 or more OpenAI employees who are still trying to get Sam, to return to the company, um, is this podcast going to be obsolete like the moment that we posted, or do you think he's actually sticking at Microsoft? It, it may be obsolete. I mean, there, there's basically two schools of thought here. One is that Microsoft has just had it with OpenAI and the board, despite, you know, we support them, et cetera. And it's just like, you know what? We can build, if not this exact thing in-house, we, we can build this in-house. We already have access to ChatGPT. You know, it, there's there's no patents on it, et cetera. So let's just bring the brains in and let's build our future because AI is obviously going to be part of our future. You know, Microsoft at its core is a productivity company. And, and mm-hmm. obviously AI at its core, particularly things like ChatGPT is, is a productivity tool. The other theory is that Satya Nadella has just basically called the bluff um, of OpenAI's board and is basically using the hiring of Sam and Greg Brockman as leverage against it, which is basically to say, hey, if you don't hire them back, which is what we, we, the people who have given you, you know, 12, 13 billion dollars, what we want. We'll take all your people. So, you know, it, it, you can maintain and continue to be the board of directors, but the board of directors of what exactly? Because it's mm-hmm. not just rank and file. As you said, it's 500 plus of around 700 employees. It's all almost all the senior executives, including the woman they put in as interim CEO just on Friday and including the other co-founder who was part of the board coup. He signed a letter basically saying, fire me from the board. Do it, you know, by end of day. Yeah. So I guess... There is a possibility that that they might still go back, but if you're Microsoft, you're basically just like this is going to accomplish all of our goals right now. I mean, we'll have to pay some salaries, but we're going to basically intake the world's leading research house. Yes, we did this investment of 13 billion, but a lot of that was Azure credits. So effectively, we can now take them, put them inside Microsoft, and have them continue on their work. It's going to take some time to train the next models, but do it without any strings attached. Pretty good outcome. It is a good outcome. I'd say the only caveat to that is, though, I, I'd kind of been under the impression that that one of the reasons that Microsoft, for example, hadn't tried to buy OpenAI outright, and I know part of that was Sam didn't particularly want it to be sold, but one of the reasons Microsoft wasn't trying to necessarily buy it was that it gave Microsoft some plausible deniability when it came to this these safety and guardrails issues, right? You know, Microsoft is one of these legacy big tech companies. They have an ethics bureaucracy, which is very strong inside the company. And what Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, was able to kind of do was let OpenAI kind of make stuff. And, and, and I know there was obviously a conflict inside of OpenAI and how fast or how slow they should go. But if there were things that maybe would have been objectionable inside of Microsoft, 
Well, Satya was able to let that development go because it was a third party at arm's length and he could say, well, that's not us. That's them. So now by bringing, particularly by bringing Sam and Greg in house, if that's how this plays out, not only is he kind of bringing that ethics bureaucracy onto them, they're kind of the folks who were go, 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 go. So I I could see a conflict there inside of Microsoft. Yeah, I got a text from an AI CEO saying that they cannot believe that these guys are going to stay inside Microsoft for too long. Although then they'd have to like, I mean, that'd be crazy, right? Shift the employees again to another company. Like it was either going to be startup or go. It seems nuts, but also, I mean, if you had told me, you know, a couple (laughs) of days ago that Sam Altman, you know, forget about the the circumstance here, but Sam Altman would want to go work for a big tech company. I would have been stunned. I mean, that that doesn't strike me as him even a little bit. Yeah, I wrote a tweet that the world's greatest tech leaders are destined to be middle management at Microsoft and was only half joking there. (laughs) Absolutely. That's where he is now. So, okay, let's say everything continues according to plan. They're inside Microsoft. They're is building. there a plan? What's the plan? The plan is that they're inside Microsoft. They're building okay. this new GPT tool. I mean, plan as in plan hatched like five minutes ago, but that that's what it is. Um, they're effectively now going to be operating outside the auspices of this safety-focused AI board uh, that, that we're running OpenAI. Um, does that mean that this board was kind of fake all along? Like the second they took this investment, wasn't that out the window? Like they had to build to get more money and they had to get more money in order to build. And so like this whole idea that you could run a company of this magnitude in a way that like reports to a nonprofit folk nor yeah, nonprofit board that's focused on AI safety. Like they're, they tried to enforce their terms if that's what actually took place. And now they're going to basically have Altman and crew go do this without their oversight. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it was a screwy structure to begin with. And it was, uh, and in particular, because remember, you know, when we think of boards of directors, their primary mm-hmm. job, and they have other jobs, but their primary job is to uh, is to uh, ensure or, or protect shareholder value, whoever those shareholders may be, public or private. That wasn't this board's job. This board's right. primary job was to protect the mission, which is a different thing sometimes. Uh, and but But it was also, it's worth noting, the board that acted last week is not the board that OpenAI began this year with. There were more people who had, for lack of a better term, corporate experience uh, at the beginning of the year, namely Reed Hoffman, who was on the right. board, leaves in March, You know, either was pushed or left voluntarily because he had launched this competing AI company called Inflection. He also was on the board of Microsoft. And, and, and for all the talk, including for me, that you know, how the hell is Microsoft making this investment without some sort of eyes and ears on the board? For a long period of time, Reed Hoffman was those eyes and ears, and and I'm sure he, you know, was you know maintained the proper rules and 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 compartmentalized. But like I think Microsoft felt that if all hell was really breaking loose at OpenAI, Reed was if not going to tell them, at least be the guy who stood there and 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 put his finger in the dam. Um, but he's not there anymore. So what was left was this weird group that, with the kind of exception of Adam D'Angelo, who's you know an early Facebook employee and and founder and and CEO of Quora, didn't really have any major corporate board experience, major legal experience, major marketing experience, major uh, executive experience. And so even if the structure itself was screwy, it could have maybe worked better if they had had better board. Right. And so this has been a, there's been a, uh, a through line through this or a meme about this, that um, basically I've, there's people arguing that AI can't be this serious. This would never like be the case on like even like a pharmaceutical company that they would have a board 
like this and AI can't be so real if that's the case. What, what do you t- make of that? I mean, Theranos wasn't a pharma company, but it was a medical <laughs> device company. True, they had true. a board, bad board. Yeah. I mean, you have FTX, which was technically a financial institution, right? It was an exchange. It was an actual security, I mean, quasi-securities exchange. They had no board at all. Twitter's, you know, one of the most powerful social media platforms in the world. It does not have a board of directors at the moment. So, I mean, I, I don't think it is a a knock or I don't think it's a reflection on the industry. I think it's a reflection on the organization. Okay. But, and, and again, to a certain extent in the investors in it who were once again, and we have now said, had this story a few times, uh, willing to overlook it. Right. There's a, I got to cite this piece of uh, uh, warning that they gave to OpenAI investors. They basically said, investing in OpenAI is a high-risk investment and investors could lose their investment and should see it as a donation. Um, you know, but yet, it yet, uh, Thrive Capital, Sequoia, Microsoft put what? Sequoia. By the way, who yeah. now this is three for them. Right, they, they were in FTX and they were and they are in Twitter. You know, two companies with no right. boards, and now they do this one, which has a quasi board. I mean, it, it. They are look. They are the the best historically venture capital firm in the valley. If if I was asked to put my life savings in a VC firm, I would probably give it to them. But good God, how many times can you make the same mistake? Well, what the, I mean, when you have three like that, there's obviously some systemic problem there. What do you think it is? I think the systemic problem is that they are valuing the founder over the governance or, or they or they're not considering governance as as a significant enough um risk factor when they're making their final decisions. Is there a zero interest rate policy component to this that like all this stuff was made where like, you know, companies were much looser with their money? Do you think this is going to change? I mean, we're in some, a but I, I, some, but I think this was more a FOMO issue, right? You know, open, open right. AI is the lead, you know, if, if you believe and most people, I think in the Valley do, if you believe that AI is the next great platform shift and maybe a more important platform shift than was mobile, or maybe even the internet, depending on who you are, well, you've, you've got to make your bets and, and, and it is, it is a, it is a bigger problem to not be on the ship than to be on a ship that happens to crash. So I had this thought that like now maybe companies will be more careful about investing, but your perspective seems to be no. I mean, not yet. And look, and, and part of that might be how this whole open AI thing plays out, right? If Sam and Greg and basically most of these important employees at OpenAI end up at Microsoft, then OpenAI for the investors, for the VC investors, Thrive, Sequoia, Coastal, et cetera, then they're holding a bag that's worth basically nothing and they get absolutely screwed. I mean, all right. the talent walks out the door and what exact, so they're quasi shareholders in a small nonprofit think tank like that. That's not good for them. On the other hand, if this is Microsoft putting the screws on the board, really with Thrive and Sequoia, et cetera, cheering them on and as a piece of this too. And Sam and Greg end up back. And then, you know, by this Friday, kind of everybody's there and the board is gone. And then maybe it works out well for them, maybe even works out better for them because the folks who are advocating for those guardrails are gone. That might not be good for the world, but it's probably good for these investors. Right. Reed Albergati had this like interesting thread about what, when you talked about this shell that's going to be left, I mean, Sam and Greg are going to be at Microsoft. So, you know, if, if everything continues. Uh, and so therefore when OpenAI, OpenAI can only use Microsoft to train their models as part of the deal. Um, so therefore when they're training, it's, that data will go to Sam and Greg. It's like, what does Microsoft, Microsoft like is this? playing is playing hardball right now. I mean, yeah. so, so, for all the statements of we value our partnership, I mean, <laughs> with friends like these. Right. Do you think one of the things that I've heard is that, you know, this kind of shows an interesting look into Microsoft culture, how fast they were able to move. Like people have been telling me, listen, like Sundar would never move this fast. Even Apple might not move this fast. It's so funny because 
Microsoft is looked at as this like big clunky company, but their speed and their execution here is pretty impressive. And it really has been since Satya took over, right? I uh-huh. mean, you, you even think of some of the stuff he's done in gaming. Um, yeah, this is very impressive. And, and let's also not diminish the idea that they're angry. Like anger is mm-hmm. a good motivator for people, yeah. right? Like they they found out, you know, Ina Freed of Axios, my colleague, she wrote that Microsoft was given a heads up of Friday's announcement, Sam, by a minute, one mm-hmm. minute. They, they, you know, we gave you $12 billion granted some in credits, but like, and you and you give us sixty seconds heads up that this guy is gone. You don't you, you don't even have the courtesy to tell us. I mean, f you. And we're yeah. we're we're angry and we're going to work the weekend to fix this. Yeah, and it made made Satya look look silly in the outset, but then it absolutely did. Kind of a rebound. So yeah, so far, and and you're right. Look, Microsoft. Microsoft has kind of always been in the background and they, they, you know, they've obviously always been a big tech company in terms of market cap and stuff, but they were viewed for a very long time as the sleepy company when, you know, there was Meta and Google, et cetera, and and Apple. And and they Mm -hmm. are absolutely, or Amazon, they're absolutely at the forefront now. Satya has done that. It is probably the most, to me, the most impressive kind of big tech CEO tenure that's existed outside of founders. So just thinking again about OpenAI, do they just kind of wither now? Seems like that's the case. Uh, come back to me at 5 p.m. today when we see do 500 employees. Like, do are, does the board, do 500 employees really quit? Do, and, and the board has an interesting decision to make here because mm-hmm. if their job is to protect the mission, yeah, the mission isn't safety. The, the mission is the advancement of AI. Uh, mm-hmm. Safety is a piece of that. So does the board decide that it existing in its current form is basically more important than those 500 and change employees staying with the company? I mean, if so, I would suggest that's a pretty narcissistic point of view, considering that none of these people, with the exception of Ilya, are AI engineers. And Ilya, the AI engineer, says the board should resign. (laughs) But how does Satya even let this, you know, go back now? Like, Oh, because it would be great for Satya because they've already made the investment. They already get to have the partnership with ChatGPT. And again, if OpenAI is is at arm's length, Mm -hmm. they don't need to deal with all the thorny ethics issues. Let Sam and Greg deal with those. And and they don't have to be, Satya doesn't have to be the one who gets called in front of a Senate committee to talk about this crap. Sam does. But there's no embarrassment of like, oh, I said they were coming in and now they're actually not coming in and they're still going to be, well, I guess if you rearrange the board, then you don't have to deal with that If you rearrange the board and if you, and and assuming this is true, if you get out the narrative that that Satya organized this, that that Satya knew exactly what he was doing and he forced their hand and Mm -hmm. it worked. Yeah, that that will be you know because quite we do one thing we do know, Alex, is mm-hmm. that over the weekend and maybe I guess actually starting Friday night, Satya slash Microsoft and and the major investors in OpenAI have been pressuring the board to bring Sam and Greg back, and it really looked as of Sunday afternoon like that's exactly what was going to happen. Then yeah. OpenAI's board named somebody else, Elliot Shear, is CEO, um, and then the Microsoft announcement of Greg and and Sam comes. 12 hours later or something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I think this was, I, I, I do get the sense that this is Microsoft's attempt to put them back in. And the worst thing that happens for them is that they work in house. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If this, I mean, I, I feel like we are just ready for one more twist. That'll be the podcast feed will be like Sam fired. What we know about Sam's firing Sam to Microsoft, Sam back to open AI. I mean, the lesson is don't invest in startups founded by guys named Sam. It, 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 it is messy. It is complex. Do you, what do you think about this? Speaking of which, this like through line of the effective altruists um, in both both arenas. Yeah, that that's an interesting piece of this. That I, I and I guess again, like everything else, let's see how this all plays out. But I, I find that to be an interesting piece. The obviously, OpenAI and FTX are very different organizations with very different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
yeah, the EA thing has once again kind of reared its head in, um, call it a very counterproductive way. Yeah. And then what about the, again, about the safety thing, like doesn't seem, you know, let's say they do go through with this and, and either they go to Microsoft or they go back to OpenAI where, um, you know, there's a new board in place. Like, actually, there was really no mechanism to, if there were real safety concerns, like Sam Bankman fried last, or not Sam, Sam Altman last mm-hmm. week was telling Lorraine Powell Jobs, like, you're not going to believe what we have coming up. It like ch- sort of changes the barrier of comprehensibility and all these things. Like, are we even able to develop this stuff safely? Doesn't seem like I it. don't. I don't think so. I mean, to me, that horse has already left the barn. I mean, no matter mm-hmm. what happens at OpenAI and, and happens mm-hmm. at Microsoft, I mean, and and even even this talk about responsible and safe development, like, look, mm-hmm. there there is value in putting guardrails in place as things are getting built, right? Because when you build a foundation more safely, then the rest of the house is less likely to fall down. However, mm-hmm. that said, there are so many different organizations working on this stuff that that I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure that one organization going slower or faster is necessarily, I, you know, maybe, maybe this year, next year and the year after, but you know, if we're talking about this in 10, 15 years from now, I think this will be looked at a kind of quaint conversation. Exactly. So, um, a couple questions for you about the broader AI world. So first of all, um, Sarah Guo, the VC at Inviction, uh, Conviction has talked about how it's now going to be open season on AI and that everyone's going to like now think that they didn't have a chance against open AI. Uh, and now they will. You have like Mustafa Suleiman, uh, who was uh, the co-founder of DeepMind. He tweets, utterly insane weekend. So sad. Wishing everyone involved the best. <laughs> One sentence later. In the meantime, we finished training Inflection 2 last night. It's now the second best LLM in the world and we're scaling much further. So is it now going to like kind of level the playing field given that they've had this turbulence? I mean, it may, although, you know, Inflection raised a ton of money. Anthropic, right. which is founded by some people who left OpenAI in part because they thought OpenAI, Sam was kind of moving too quickly on, on mm-hmm. the commercialization side. You know, Anthropic has raised an enormous amount of money, including from Google, including from Amazon. Uh, and, and there's a bunch of, you know, other companies out there on the infrastructure side, you know, the hugging faces of the world. I, I think it's a... Uh, it, it's a it's a gold rush right now. There, there's right. a lot of companies out there. Some are going directly at each other, kind of with these foundational models. Some are playing on other pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that OpenAI, uh, whether it, it you know, this is a little bit to me like kind of the early dot com internet days, where mm-hmm. some very very big players, uh, like kind of fundamental foundational players, think Netscape, right? You know, disappear eventually or or, or get diminished, mm-hmm. not for reasons like this, not with all the soap opera drama, but like kind of disappear. But but the but the trend, the revolution, the platform shift goes on anyway, because there's so many people working on it in so many different ways that, that, that no one organization owns this. Right. And then also just like from an infrastructure perspective, I would imagine now you're having this, um, this great model agnostic movement where any company, you know, think about like the companies that built on top of OpenAI. Now yeah. they're going to do whatever they can to hedge because they realize they can't tie their ship to this, you know, one, one company. So I do think that's a, yeah. kind of an undercovered so far part of this mm-hmm. in part because it's only been a couple of days. But, right. you know, comp- you're right. Companies have built, if not their entire business models, definitely products on top of ChatGPT, on top of OpenAI. And look, by the way, that stuff's still working. It's not like the thing shut down and now, you know, all their, you know, they're getting, you know, 404 codes on everything. Stuff's still working. Microsoft still, you know, Azure still um, powering everything. But it definitely has to give people pause. And candidly, anytime you as a company build on someone else's platform, look, we're in the media space. I think we have learned mm-hmm. this lesson over oh, yes. and over again from Facebook and, and others. You have a massive, massive risk and, and diversification in some way is essential. 
Well, I've been thinking about Meta's uh, research lab. I mean, they are trying to get to AGI. They're not worried sure. about existential risk, to, you know, and they're building open source. Did they end up coming out like looking even better now than they did before? Not to mention that Zuck, you know, it's, look at all these other CEOs that have had their issues. Zuck stays in place. Yeah, I think Facebook, and I've written this a couple times. I, I think Facebook is kind of the dark horse in this because, the, and and not because of the kind of all this personnel tumult, but. There, there is, to me, this existential risk for, for OpenAI, for Anthropic, for others, which is that a lot of the data that they are mm-hmm. building their models on is potentially legally questionable, right? You know, stuff they've basically pulled off the web, you know, that is in some ways copywritten, et cetera. There are a couple lawsuits about this, you know, from some music mm-hmm. publishers, from Sarah Silverman, the comedian. And, and if someone like a Silverman won or some of these mu- music publishers won, every news organization, et cetera, would file a similar suit to try to, you know, get their piece of the pie. Facebook is different though. Facebook is training its model on its own data. Every time mm-hmm. you or I ever publish anything to Facebook or Instagram, Facebook owns that. That's in the terms of service. There's no legal question whether Facebook owns that stuff. So Facebook, if if these other big LLM companies end up having legal problems and end up, you know, financially having to pay huge amounts for this stuff, Facebook with Llama is going to be sitting there pretty on this. Exactly. Um, okay. One more, a couple more things I want to uh, check in on. I mean, one is like, <laughs> there's this, um, uh, this meme that's been going on about how like these, uh, the board was supposed to be like predicting what AI was going to kill us, but couldn't think three steps in advance in terms of what they did. Um, what, what do you make of that? I mean, I guess going back to the yeah, board, board I, I, I am I am desperate uh, <laughs> for the for an actual interview with any board member on what really happened here right. and, and kind of what thinking at all they did because I mean they weren't even playing checkers. I mean they were yeah. like they, they weren't even playing Candyland. I mean this this was kind of <laughs> in, unless there's really something yeah. we don't know. But I would say that we're now what three ish days after this and. These board members each do know reporters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can, I, you know, I, I know that we've reached out individually to some. If there was a real good story to tell from their point of view, if nothing else, ju- just to protect their own reputations, something would have leaked by now. Something right. would have leaked by now from one of them. And nothing has to any reporter. I mean, for all the you know billions of words that have been written by tech press and general press and Twitter and blogs. There's not been a really good defense of what they went about doing. And that's not to say that their concerns weren't valid or legitimate. I think I think it's mm-hmm. possible you can make that case. But the way they went about it was was so ham handed and and again, really shot themselves in the foot. Do you think it had more to do with the ambition of using like the AI research or was it Sam trying to you know raise money for other companies? I don't. I, I can't imagine it was the Sam trying to raise money. I mean, the yeah. the the story that's coming out is that Sam was trying to raise money for kind of for a chip making thing, and and I know that Sam's perspective on this for a while. This this mm-hmm. has been that we we as a as America, but also kind of AI as an industry, is highly highly reliant on Taiwan um, mm-hmm. as, as being this chip making hub. And I understand we make some chips here, and Intel's building factories in, in Arizona. But you know, if Taiwan disappeared tomorrow, the AI industry stops tomorrow, uh, and OpenAI yeah. for sure stops tomorrow. And I think Sam's perspective was if there can be another global chip making hub and if that's Saudi Arabia, so be it. I don't I don't think he was trying. Sam was trying to create a chip making company to build chips in Palo Alto and have Saudi PIF fund it. I think he wanted Saudi Arabia to become that next place really as a redundancy so that if mm-hmm. something happens with Taiwan, namely China invades it. Well, the industry wouldn't grind to a basically a, a complete and total halt. You can't just put up a semiconductor fab overnight. Mm-hmm. Um 
he did he mislead the board about that? Maybe we don't know, although we keep hearing, quote, no malfeasance. Was he just not fully yeah. honest? Do you really? And, and again, this all goes back to the if it was so bad, like the only reason CEOs usually get fired instantaneously in the dead of the night, you know, on a Friday afternoon is something, you know, we found out that he stole money. We found out he slept with the wrong person and lied about it. You know, something really extraordinary as opposed to really a strategic disagreement. Well, then if if we want to get rid of you, fine, but we work out a, you know, a transition plan that everybody's on board with. By the way, we don't tell the chairman that you're staying on as president when you haven't told him that. Right. You sure as hell don't do that. You don't promote someone to the new CEO role who seems to actually be more in line with the people you just fired. Like it, it's <laughs> it's mind numbing how they went about this. And uh, yeah. and in the end, if they really wanted things to go slower, um, I think the result is things are going to go faster. Exactly. And OK, so Ilias Sitzkever, he was part of the coup you mentioned. Now he's yes. regretting it. Um, what what do you think is possibly going on there? I think he's trying to save his job uh, or let me rephrase. Yeah. I think he's trying to save his job in the perspective of working yeah. with this group of people, whether that is at OpenAI or whether that's at Microsoft. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, look, he is not, for lack of a better term, a politician. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I mean that from a corporate perspective. He's not a corporate politician. I I don't know him personally, but from those who do, uh, I, I don't think he necessarily appreciated the gravity of what he was doing. I think he believed in the in the. Uh, called the strategy thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that Sam and Greg were, were not doing what he would want to have done on the technology side. But I don't think he, you know, I don't think he played any game theory from a, you know, a boardroom drama perspective. I don't think he ever watched Succession is what I guess I'm saying. I don't think Most he ever figured yeah. what was coming next. Okay. So let's do, uh, let's end with a, a couple of winners and losers and then a uh, quick prediction. So I'll just go through some of the main players here and kind of get your perspective, winner or loser. Um, let, and imagining that things stay the same. Open AI. I'd imagine that's a loser. Loser. Microsoft? I'd say loser, but but huh. but not a huge right. loss. They they're they're mm-hmm. making the best of their situation. Okay. Basically like they were betting on the stability, but this is sort of going to set them back, but they should be okay. Yeah, and they do look dumb not having some sort of protections on themselves for this. I mean, yeah. again, they're I think they're playing the last couple of days very smartly, but like mm-hmm. I I think it's kind of like all right, that's a really good basketball coach. His team's mm-hmm. down 10, but he's figuring out how to get him back in the game. Yeah, okay, Google. God, I, I guess at the moment, winner. Yeah, sounds like a winner. Amazon, yeah. do they? Do they? Same thing, at the moment, yeah. a winner, but I think, you know, TBD. Win- winner, by not be- yeah. winner by not being part of this mess. Like, winner right. by not playing. And how does Sam Altman come out looking at uh, from all this right now is a winner, which is kind of remarkable. I mean, I, I don't know any CEO <laughs> founding CEOs who get yeah. fired from their company overnight and, and, and are looking really good three days later. Sam has all the optionality. And, and the main reason I think Sam's coming out looking good. Sam has a, a tricky reputation. He definitely likes the spotlight, et cetera. You know, he obviously you know ran Y Combinator. And then there's always been questions about what really happened at the end there. But look, the vast majority of open AI employees just threatened to quit. <laughs> basically in solidarity mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. I, I would say that there are very few companies that if the CEO was fired, that most people would be willing to quit in solid, not in solidarity with their CEO. That, that shows remarkable loyalty from the people he was overseeing. Okay. And prediction, where does this go? Is this the end of the story? No, I, my prediction is that Sam Altman and Greg Brockman are working open AI in some way very, very soon. I, I do think mm-hmm. they probably come back. Um, 
I wouldn't bet any money on it, but that's, that's my <laughs> guess. And no, I think there's going to, and, and I think there's going to be more twists and turns. Uh, and, and I don't know what happens with Elliot Shear. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that it wraps before Thanksgiving. It's been fun working through one weekend, but I don't want it to go through two. So. I mean, can we say, I, I think they have to get that. Yeah. I think this has to be done by Thanksgiving just for the, yeah. everybody's sanity, including the sanity of the board. This cannot be fun for them. Exactly. And could you, by the way, let me add these board members don't, they're not founders of this company. They're not employees of this company. They can walk away and they'll feel bad about it. But like th- there are times when it's worth walking away because A, you've screwed up and you don't really have anything invested in it except time. They, they could just say, you know what? This is someone else's problem. Exactly. Dan, this has been great. Where can people find your work? Axios.com and the newsletter, uh, getprorata.axios.com. Awesome, Dan. Great having you on. Thanks for joining for another emergency show. I mean, it's always, I feel like we we break down these big news events. We speak with you and come away feeling way more informed uh, than than we started. So thank you for being here. And thanks everybody for listening. Well, uh, we'll see how this goes. We may have another show tomorrow, another show Wednesday, or we might wait till Friday, just depending on the cadence of the news. If Dan's right, we'll be back on the air quite quite soon. So uh, stay tuned and thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Big Technology Podcast.